This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to the Friday, December 7th, 2017 NBA edition of On the Daily, brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. I'm Matt LaMarca, who you can find on Twitter at Matt LaMarca, and I'm joined tonight by Sean Kane, who you can find on Twitter at Hey Mr. Kane. Uh, this is Sean's first time on the podcast, but he's going to be a regular here moving forward. He is a contributor for Rotoviz and Fantasy Labs, and is also the host of the Lineup Logic podcast. Uh, that's a daily podcast that breaks down all the NBA slates and all the NFL slates. So if you're looking for more fantasy info, feel free to check that out. Uh, Sean, thanks so much for coming on. How's it going? I'm doing great, man. It's great to be here, man. I mean, you know, I, like you said, I am regular. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing thinking about all the slates that I can already handle. So I am uh, I'm pumped to get on here in Rotoviz Radio and, and break down Friday's slate. All right. With that said, let's get right into it. Uh, we've got the Chicago Bulls at the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte is favored by nine and a half, and we have a 203.5 total. Nikola Mirotic is questionable to make his season debut after uh, getting his face broken by Bobby Portis. <laughs> Uh, and on the Charlotte side, both Cody Zeller and Frank Kaminsky are going to be out. So they're definitely a little bit thin in the front court at the moment. Uh, so let's start with the Bulls. Anybody that you're considering over there? Um, you know, the only guy that pops for me is, is just from a straight minutes perspective is Denzel Valentine. Guy's been getting almost 30 minutes. He seems to be one of the guys that... Um, you know, they really trust out there. He's not, it's not very appealing. You know, his, his contributions aren't very appealing. I mean, he can go out there and he can score six points, you know, and that's about all you're going to get, but he does do the peripherals. He gets you some rebounds, he gets you some assists. And with 30 minutes plus, you know, you like that price point on FD. I know he is only 5,100. So it feels like a, uh, an easy and you know kind of even easy if he falls to you type player for your cash game lineups you're not you you could do worse at that price yeah for sure i could get behind some valentine uh i think in a vacuum i prefer justin holiday if i'm mm -hmm. going to go with a wing player uh i think similar you know role minute wise he's around 36 a night and i think he's just a little bit more involved on the offensive end um i like him on fanduel at 5500 He's 5,500 on DraftKings as well. But again, I don't think that this is a team like that either of us are really going out of our way to target in this league. No. And, and I, you know, the Charlotte side is, is probably a little bit more interesting. I'll, I, I don't know. Matt, what do you think? How do you think the rotation is going to shake out in the front court without, um, without Zeller and Kaminsky? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think obviously Howard is going to see. You know, the majority of the center minutes, I think Marvin Williams will play the majority of the power forward minutes. And then I think they can go uh, small at times and and play, you know, like MKG at the power forward slot. Um, but yeah, I, I, outside of, of Howard, it's going to be, they're going to be a small team, I think. 
Yeah, that probably makes a lot of sense. Marv will. Pro- I, Marv was the one guy. Marvin Williams was the one guy that came to mind for me, just because he actually has the size. He'd been playing, you know, kind of in a a fifty fifty split at the four at times. You know, he's a little bit more of a stretch four, but he has the size that they need if they need it. So that's the only thing. I, I'll be interested to see what 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 they do here. Yeah, for sure. Because unless they're gonna play Howard, like. 38 to 40 minutes which i guess is a possibility i got yeah you know I, then they're gonna be they're gonna be in trouble i think on the glass so yeah yeah no that's a good point it's a very good point <clears throat> um so transitioning over to charlotte do you have any interest in in somebody like dwight howard or or maybe michael kid gilchrist for 4k um, you know, I think MKG is is definitely the 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 value play on on DK at 4K. I like Marvin Williams on FanDuel at 4400. Um, I don't like. I, I'm I'm not interested in Dwight's price. I think on FanDuel 7800, you're asking him to do you know almost a Dwight ceiling game, which is that 40 point outing. And that I mean, as much as Chicago has been kind of a a bad defense in general. Uh, Robin Lopez can actually hold his own in the middle of that paint, and it's actually their fifteenth in DVP to the center. So he he's been relatively respectable. So I think I think you're in the right vein. Attacking them on the wing is probably the way to do it, and MKG might be the way to go there. Yeah, I like MKG, and I think Nicholas Batum is probably a little bit underpriced, considering that he's playing you know thirty six, thirty seven minutes a night now. Yeah, he seems healthy. I mean, I was worried about the elbow for a while, but it seems like that's behind him. He's had a couple of nice games back to back here. So I think you can kind of go back to him and expect what we normally would from him. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I think that this is a game that it, it's a limited appeal game, you know, low total and a somewhat big spread. So I, I wouldn't go crazy here. I will say, just if you're remembering, this was the spot when Kemba just smashed he had a he had a major game here against Chicago if I believe if I'm remembering correctly I think Kemba had one of his bigger games here um so something to consider he's he's had some big lines against Chicago and if you're talking about a a player who could abuse a bad defense that's certainly a healthy Kemba Walker so something to keep in mind yep that's a good point he had uh 60.7 against the Bulls and that was roughly three weeks ago yeah. And he's also at home, which I'm also a big fan of Kemba Walker at home. He's got mm. some of the most drastic home road splits in the NBA. So, yeah, he'll he'll have low ownership for sure, but that could definitely be a tournament play that, that pays off for you. Yep. All right, uh, before we get on to the next game, I want to talk briefly about the road of his NBA pass. Uh, listeners to the show can get a 30% discount to that pass through our podcast homepage. That's rotaviz.com slash NBA podcast. And with that pass, you get access to all of our NBA content for the duration of the season. We do seven plays of the day article each week. We have special GPP plays articles uh, and and a whole bunch of other good stuff in there too. So definitely something that uh, I recommend checking out if you're somebody who likes to listen to the show. All right, next game, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers favored by three and a half on the road at the Pacers. 218 point total. Uh, Tristan Thompson is questionable with a calf injury. And then Miles Turner and Corey Joseph, both questionable for the Pacers. So LeBron, you know, another ho-hum game last time out, you know, 30 points, basically a triple double. The guy's like the safest investment in DFS, in my opinion. Is he somebody that you're going to consider here? It's hard not to agree. I mean, I totally agree, you know, that the, the, one of the safest assets, especially when he's, you know, getting challenged. The thing that you love is Cleveland is letting teams stay around. Like the fact that LeBron James has to play 41 minutes in no, in December against the Sacramento Kings blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's but, pretty unbelievable. Yeah, but I mean, this is a terrible defense. And if they don't show up, they let teams stay around and Zebo hangs, you know, hangs 30 on them. Um I totally agree. I mean, he he has been, you know, virtually unguardable contributing. You know, the three ball has been phenomenal for him this year. So I, the only issue that I have is, is that if you have to pay up for a small forward here, it feels like Kevin Durant is in a really good spot again. And I think that a lot of people will make the decision, you know, uh, KD or LeBron, and you're getting a discount on KD. So that's the only issue that I have. I think it's the opportunity cost of missing Kevin Durant at high 
uh, at a pretty high usage. But I do love this spot. Indiana's running up top 10 pace right now. Um, and uh, they have something to fight for. I mean, they're on a 13-game win streak, so I think LeBron will try to keep that alive on the road here. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Like, for sure, in a vacuum, if you're ranking LeBron and Kevin Durant on this slate, you know, Durant's the guy that you're going to gravitate towards considering that he's the cheaper play. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that game when we get to it. Uh, but I love the idea of getting LeBron at like a low ownership. He was less than 5% owned on DraftKings on Wednesday. That's so, nice. Yeah. So it, it ultimately it didn't matter because Durant smashed too. But just the idea of getting LeBron at like a sub 10% ownership, I think is really appealing to me in GPPs, especially in a game like this where you know, it's projected to be up-tempo. You know, Sacramento, for as bad as they are defensively, they do play super slow. So that game, you know, was was limited in possessions. This game could be much more up and down. And as far as ceilings goes, you know, LeBron is right up there with anybody in the league. So uh, mm-hmm. I always love the idea of getting guys like that at low ownership, and I think that this is a pretty prime spot to do so. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And actually, now you got me thinking about reasons to even you know think about him in cash games because i mean he's been a phenomenal cash game investment here and you really can't feel comfortable saying that he's going to do much less than you know 5x his salary i mean he put up 57 FanDuel points on this team earlier in the year and played 36 minutes so definitely an interesting spot i like that call a lot anybody else for cleveland that you're looking at kevin love uh, Indiana getting smashed by the center, banged up Miles Turner, who's struggling, you know, just defensively. He's just been abused inside the paint, allowing, um, they're allowing the league high points in the paint, 48 points in the paint in the restricted area there, um, per game. Uh, one of the worst DVPs to the center in the league. Uh, I think that Kevin Love is, you know, he's the kind of guy who, if they know they can exploit the matchup and he gets hot and he gets going, um, LeBron will feed him. And he'll take, you know, upwards of 20 shots per game. And this could be the kind of situation where we've seen him playing in the five and he's been pretty dominant. Um, I I don't mind the price. And I think um, he's an interesting, you know, he's an interesting pivot off of some of the more chalky options at center. Yeah, definitely. I I like him a lot on FanDuel in particular at 8K. Uh, Like you said, Indiana just just really poor against centers. They started the year and maybe maybe Turner being out would actually result in a tougher matchup for love because they've sort of been getting smashed on the glass ever since he's come back. Mm -hmm. So maybe, uh, Sabonis represents a little bit of an upgrade in that department. So if Turner's in, I really like the idea of getting love against a potentially hobbled, hobbled Turner, but if he's out, I might reconsider. Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. I mean, I, but I, you know, I mean, the Kevin love versus DeMontis Sabonis is perfectly fine by me. I think, um, it you know we'll we'll keep an eye on it um you know but he's I, I turner's played right he hasn't sat this isn't the same injury that he had earlier it was the neck right so Correct. now he's, he's he's played a bunch yeah so he's he, he he i think he'll probably get some run here i think he'll go if give it a go um but yeah no other than that i i think that that you know those are those are the guys you want as far as you know fantasy basketball on this team is concerned right i mean Dwayne wade has had some uh, success recently, but he's not somebody I'm really ever excited about rostering, given that he's only going to play like 24, 25 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's exactly, yeah, exactly what I thought there. All right. What about on the Pacer side of the ball? I mean, you, you got to start with Victor Oladipo. I mean, it's insane. Uh, it's unbelievable what he's been able to do some of these games. Um, you know, it, it, people I think are were, when he was in the seven and the eight K range, people were you know much more much more interested in rostering him. And now he's you know flirting with eight flirting with nine K on on DraftKings and over nine K, and he has been on to the last two slates on FanDuel. He's a hard to fit in play, but I think in a tournament lineup, if you're going away from the studs and you want to go a little bit more balanced. I think he's an interesting play. You're going to have a really bad defense. He's at home here. Um, you know, and, and the, 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 the interesting thing about Oladipo is <laughs> the, the scoring can just be 
I mean, through the roof. He put up 36 points on Toronto. And at the first time, you know, the first time he played Toronto earlier in the season, he only managed 21. So if he gets going and finds a matchup that he likes, I mean, he will take as many shots as he feels comfortable. And it's very clear that that's how they have him schemed right now. He's going to do the peripherals. He's going to get you the blocks and the steals. Um, so, you know, you got to think about Victor Oladipo. Yeah, it's I'm with you that it's like he's he's going to be very tough to fit in, you know, because there are right. there right. are clear cut studs on this slate that you're going to want to target. And it's going to be tough to get in a guy who's, you know, 9K or so around him. But Oladipo's 13th in the league in usage. So he's been a huge beneficiary, you know, getting away from Russell Westbrook, getting over to the Pacers. This is really his team. And in addition to the scoring, he gives you so much in the peripheral categories. You know, he gives you a handful of rebounds, assists, steals, even contributes with some blocks. You know, this is a guy who can do a little bit of everything. So I'm a huge fan of him. I love his game, uh, especially for DFS purposes. And if Turner was out, I would consider, you know, paying for him at this salary for sure in this matchup. Because Cleveland, even though they've been winning a bunch of games, they're still a bottom 10 defensive team in the league. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I would have no problem paying up for him as a contrarian tournament play, uh, especially if Turner's out. But if Turner's in, it's going to be tough for me to get there, given all the other guys. So uh, I'm with you on that. It, it sounds like he's going to be more of a secondary option for most people. Uh, but again, that could that could make him an excellent tournament play. Uh, yeah, I think I think that that, you know, pivoting away from kind of the clear cut, uh, you know, uh, five figure studs and and trying to fit in some of these eight and nine K guys uh, could be an interesting way to way to pivot in a, in a tournament lineup. And there's a lot of really appealing ones. So, yeah, definitely um, agree. Anybody else for the Pacers? Sabonis, I mean, if, if Turner sits, I mean, we saw Sabonis smash uh, earlier in the season when Turner was out with that that neck injury. I mean, he was doing double-digit rebounds every single night uh, during that span, and uh, he is very reasonably priced to FanDuel 5-1, I believe. Uh, that's where he has landed. I'm just double-checking that. Um, I got him at 4-8. Oh, Four eight, yeah. So four eight, it's a phenomenal price for a guy who can handle thirty minutes, um, you know, and and be relatively productive, especially scoring wise. So I don't mind Sabonis if 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 Turner sits. Yeah, if Turner sits, that's lock and load cash play. Um, Fifty six hundred on DraftKings, I still think that's that's close to a lock and load. He was averaging you know well over thirty a game when given the opportunity. So uh, yep. I'm definitely on board with him if if Turner sits. But that's that's pretty much where I'm looking at on this team. Just those two guys. No doubt. Yeah, that's a that's about it. Okay. Next game we have the Denver Nuggets at the Orlando Magic. Orlando favored by a point and a half, and we have a 218 point total. Uh, Nikola Jokic is still out for Denver, and Evan Fournier is out for the Magic. Jonathan Isaac is questionable. So some injury value here for both teams. Who do you like for the Nuggets? Um, I, Gary Harris, I, I mean, I, he's just, I, he just profiles as such a phenomenal cash play right now. Um, and he's just been ridiculously consistent getting over 30, 32 minutes in pretty much every single game. Um, you know, and in, in each of his last five, um, what I really liked in that New Orleans game was he finally, I mean, he, he get really aggressive in the, in the, in shooting and, you know, he, he got hot. And one thing you worry about with Gary Harris is that, you know, sometimes he can, you know, uh, distribute too much and try to do a lot on the defensive end, but went in that New Orleans game and took 18 shots. That was the most he's taken in the last five. So 18 attempts from him, or excuse me, 19 attempts from him in that game is a really nice number to see. 37 minutes, you know, he has an equally good matchup um, as he did. You know, we we attack New Orleans on the wings, but the recent trend right now, as far as defense versus position, Orlando. 29th in the league right now in in defense versus position allowing 44 points on on the regular to the shooting guard position so um we know harris's minutes aren't going to get messed with with wilson chandler back that's going to be will barton um so I, I love i love gary he just feels very safe to me always a very high floor play um and he's in a phenomenal matchup especially when you know they're going to be playing reserves for most of the game fournier's fournier's out and it's not like fournier is a great defender but He's the starter for a reason. Right, for sure. 
Yeah, Harris has been about as good of a cash game play as you can find recently. You know, he's like 36 minutes every single night, and his price never really seems to move much. You know, he's always right around 6K. So uh, I have no problems using him. He's seen the biggest increase in usage on the team with both Jokic and Millsap sidelined. So uh, I definitely like that play. Where Orlando, to me, is really the weakest is against the point guard position. So I also am definitely interested in Jamal Murray. He has led the team in usage with uh, Jokic and Millsap off the court, 28.3%. The minutes are always questionable, and Chandler coming back could definitely have uh, a bit of an impact on that. But I still think that the upside with this guy is enormous, you know, given the opportunity that he does play 30-plus minutes and has a usage rate of close to 30% against, you know, the team that has been one of the worst in the league against the point guard position. Yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, you just you're gonna tilt Malone's rotations all night long. Um, oh yeah, I have lost <laughs> so much money playing Jamal Murray over the past two seasons. Like oh I I I talk myself into him on almost every slate, but again, like I just think it's too good of a spot to pass up on the off chance that he does get thirty minutes. Uh, it is. You're right. It's on the off chance that Mike Malone goes. It's you tonight. You get the minutes. Um. The problem that I have with Murray is really not that Murray as a play, like in a vacuum, it's when you compare him to Amudier at 3,900, who, you know, Moutier might get 24 minutes. And at that price on FanDuel, you kind of are like from a point per dollar value in your cash games. But yeah, I mean, Murray definitely has the upside. I mean, especially if he can start hitting the three, which is always kind of the bugaboo for him. He's got to hit that three. I think he's... Um, you know that that's when he really start. You start to see the the the, the more high ceiling plays. So I, I agree with you. I, I mean, and everybody's going to be thinking about it. It's just whether or not he he goes out there and he does it. Um, do we think that Chandler coming back officially like ends the Kenneth Fareed thing? I think it probably should. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I love Manimal, but like he just he's lost a step. The guy who's getting the most run right now is actually. Uh, uh, what's his name? Trey, uh, Trey Lyles. Lyles. Yeah. yeah, Trey Lyles is a phenomenal value play for your cash game lineups. It really seems like Malone trusts him. He probably is playing better defense than Fareed just because he's more active and younger, higher effort player. Um, he has had some phenomenal games some phenomenal lines recently. And to get, you know, 30 minutes in that last game was kind of a testament um, to the fact that Malone seems to be trusting him in this situation. His price has gone up. But he's got a 20-point floor right now, um, and you feel pretty good about 4,800 on DraftKings if you're looking for a value power forward. Yeah, I mean, they better they better play him after essentially trading Donovan Mitchell for him. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, I, the, the, the amount of like heat that they took for that was completely and totally deserved. Yep, absolutely. Uh, all right, how about for the Magic? Who do we like? I, I mean, I think a Vooch, if you're pivoting off of some of the higher price centers, Vucevic should destroy right here. I mean, we have been attacking them in the front court. We just saw Boogie absolutely light this team on fire, tune of 38 points. Um, Vooch, just coming off of that game against uh, the Hawks, he was phenomenal. And I don't think people realized how good he was. He went for 22 and 16 with four blocks and two steals. Uh, and this is three games in a row where he has had multi, multiple blocks. Um, you know, Vogel feels comfortable giving him the minutes. He's coming off of rest, so you don't really have to worry about that. Um, Denver's defense in general is just hemorrhaging production in the front court. Uh, so I think Vooch is a really, really interesting pivot off of uh, some of the more chalky options. And the same could be said for Aaron Gordon in this situation, who should be able to get up and down and um, and, and and be productive. Yeah, I, I'm in on Vucevic as well. He hasn't played a ton of minutes without Fournier and Terrence Ross, only 18 total, but he has had a usage rate of 32% over that time frame. So I think the Fournier injury could definitely open up some extra opportunities for him. And he's normally not a guy that I like paying, you know, 8K plus for, but I do think that it's a good matchup plus the extra usage opportunities, he could easily pay this price tag off still. I mean, we've seen 
you know, the ceiling. He showed it to us twice in the past, you know, three games. So uh, definitely for sure at 8,100, he still has a lot of upside potential uh, given what he what he can do. The guy that I'm I'm really most interested in, though, is going to be Jonathan Simmons because yeah. all the wing minutes have to go to him now. You know, he's got to play upwards of 40 minutes. He played 41 against the Hawks, and that was with Fournier in that game. So I think he could, you know, easily see that kind of minute production again. And he's seen the biggest usage increase on the team with Fournier off the court, 8.2% increase and averaged roughly 37 DK points per 36 minutes with him off the court. So I think overall at 5,600 on DraftKings, it's just like a phenomenal spot for him. I, I, in general, I love this game. I think it's a sneaky game stack. I think you could go with even with Elf too. I mean, he had a total dud against Atlanta, um, but you, you maybe you get a little bit of extra scoring out of Alfred Payton. We know that he's going to be handling a lot of those possessions uh, because you're not going to have Fournier uh, involved in the early sets. So I, I, I have, you know, I'm an Alfred Payton guy. Like you, you may have a weakness for Jamal Murray. I have a weakness for Alfred Payton. Oh, trust um, me, I have a weakness for him too. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, you could stack this one up, and it would be a really fun like express slate or small slate uh, game stack for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, huge total, not huge, but big total, 218 points. With some injury value on both sides, to me, that's like ideal for game stacking. Yep, and and bad defense on both sides. Right. Um, all right, next game, we have the Warriors favored by four and a half at the Detroit Pistons. 213-point uh, total on this game. Steph Curry is going to be out for at least a couple of weeks with his ankle injury. Patrick McCaw is also out for the Warriors. Uh, Zaza Pachulia was originally doubtful with a shoulder injury, upgraded now to questionable. And then Igudala and Draymond Green are both probable. So lots of injuries here for the Warriors, but ultimately the one that really matters is Steph Curry. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then on the on the Pistons side, John Luer is still out with his ankle injury. So KD, not to bury the lead, just absolutely crushed in his first game without Curry. Had a usage rate of over forty percent. Is he somebody that like you can even consider fading on this spot? I. I don't know. You can. I think you could make the argument that, you know, Detroit is a decent defense. He's on the road. Draymond may come back. You know, there's a lot of ways you could talk yourself into this. But, you know, all you have to do is watch the highlights from the Charlotte game to remind yourself of who Kevin Durant is when it's his team. Um, You know, he went out there and, you know, took, I believe it was 36 shots. Um, which was one of his, his highest usage rate. He had no problem handling a ton of possessions, you know, with 10 assists. Um, so I, I, you, you're overthinking it if you're, you're talking yourself into, you know, Tobias Harris is a good defender and Detroit has been better this year and it's a pace issue. I mean, it's almost the exact same story with Charlotte. Charlotte is a halfway decent average defense that doesn't run a very intense pace, um, you know, who has, you know, relatively athletic wing defenders. So, I mean, don't, don't overcomplicate it. Kevin Durant is, uh, in a, you know, a cash game lock and load, um, for, for, I think 90% of the field. Yeah. I think for cash games, for sure, you have to bite the bullet and play him. Um, I mean, we'll talk about new Orleans in a bit, but if, if Anthony Davis is out, you know, I would still, I would still think DeMarcus cousins would be my preferred target of the two. If I had to choose between them, but, uh, yeah, Kevin Durant is going to be just a monster while Curry is out. That being said, I do think there is some fade potential in tournaments. And I would agree with that. Yeah, I think the big reason is Draymond coming back. Kevin Durant is obviously going to be the main focal point of the offense, like regardless of what Draymond brings. But he may see fewer assists and he may see a couple less rebounds with Draymond re-entering the fold. And... You know, I wouldn't bank on a 43% usage rate every night. So I think now at an elevated salary, you know, at a huge ownership percentage, I think you could definitely talk yourself into some fade consideration uh, in what should be a relatively tough matchup. I mean, you know, the total on this game we said was 213 points. That's like way low for a Golden State game. Um, I think that I will likely find myself fading him in tournaments. I... I... 
I think that makes sense. I think that makes a lot of good sense. And I think that um, you're probably going to see what you're going to see is is a few fewer rebounds, a few fewer assists, because we know that that's really where Draymond kind of excels. He's not going to score a ton of points. He's not going to take the ball out of you know Durant's hand in that respect, but he will you know s- snag a couple couple rebounds and a and a couple um, assists from him. So. Um, something to consider. Right. Like I heard uh, today that Durant brought the ball up on something like 25 possessions in that game. I think that for sure will fall more to Draymond in this spot. Yeah. So, I, I, it makes a lot of good sense. Uh, anybody else for the Warriors? Um, You know, I, I don't know. I don't want to chase Iguodala in this situation. That was an outlier for him to have that many points. I feel like you could get sucked to, to chasing him in this situation, but he could go back to a much more subdued role with Draymond back. I think that would actually affect him more. Um, he's not going to do that much scoring, and you know, ideally Kerr doesn't have to play him more than 30 minutes. So uh, I don't want to talk myself into chasing Iguodala or any of these other guys who uh, might, get, might get limited minutes. Yeah, I agree. Iguodala, to me, he, I mean, he's, he is somewhat tempting, you know, like he should definitely, I think, see more of the Steph Curry minutes than anyone else. But again, it feels a little bit like chasing. So I'm with you there. Uh, I think I could talk myself into some Clay Thompson exposure in tournaments. Yeah. You know, he's coming off of a pretty rough game. Didn't really see any sort of a bump in usage with Curry out. But you know that there's going to be a game eventually where this guy pops off. It may not be this game against Avery Bradley. But I want him for sure on my team when he does. So I think he's going to be someone that I'm looking to sort of use as a pivot off of Kevin Durant. Yeah, I just, it's kind of the Gary Harris thing. Like, I really, you know, like I want him to start, I want to see him start to take more than 13, 14 shots. I mean, he's been so efficient. It's insane. I mean, eight for 15, eight for 13, nine for 14. I mean, you know, the player efficiency is just phenomenal, but for fantasy purposes, you just kind of want to see him take those shots. But you're right. You want to be early rather than late because he does have a 30-point game somewhere in here coming up while Steph is out, no doubt. Um, all right. How about for the Pistons? <sighs> I, You know, their prices are such that there's not a ton that's appealing to me. Tobias Harris would be the first guy that I would go to. Um, but he's priced, I think, kind of right at where he has been performing, um, especially on on FanDuel at 6,600. So I'm not in love with his price there. Um, and, you know, 63 on DK, he's not that appealing to me either. I, I continue to look at um, Avery Bradley as slightly underpriced, but I just don't know when he's going to start scoring again. Uh, so I, I, I think the only guy on the Pistons that I can really consider, actually, is strangely enough, is Drummond. Um, the the uh, the the Warriors have allowed a ton of scoring inside the paint, forty six points inside the paint. The only teams that have allowed more are Denver and Indiana, um, and and I think that that's kind of a quiet a quiet um, you know pivot that's still really really expensive at the center position. Um, but for a tournament, you know, lineup, uh, I think Drummond will, will garner low low enough ownership that you could justify it. Yeah, I'm a little scared of Drummond in this game. I just think it's something where, you know, he could get run off of the court. Uh, I'm not saying that that will happen. Detroit did beat Golden State once already this year, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, they, yes, and Drummond actually had 48. Point one FanDuel points, so it's it's certainly possible that he has a big game. Uh, I think that I I may just find myself going in a different direction. I do think that Avery Bradley is coming though. Like I I'm gonna continue buying low on him. He did put in 20 points in his last game. Like I think that this guy is too good of a player to to keep putting up the numbers that he has been for the duration of the season. So I like him as a potential uh, buy low target. And as much as I hate playing this guy, because he's like, he, he never, he never does anything on the court, which is a terrible sell for a fantasy basketball player. But I think that Stanley Johnson has the potential to play huge minutes in this game. You know, like every once in a while, he plays these games where he will randomly put up like 40 minutes. 
So against the Warriors, for example, he played 41 minutes uh, in their first matchup. I think that, you know, if this game does downsize, which is obviously something that the Warriors like to do, Johnson is going to be the guy for the Pistons that ends up seeing, you know, the extra run uh, at at sort of like a small ball four. Yeah, I think that's I think that's smart. I just what's his scoring upside like He's, from an actual yeah. raw points? <laughs> terrible. You know? It's terrible. Like he could get you maybe like. 10 to 15 points is his ceiling. I was going to say 10, 10, and you're like, all right, Stan, let's go now. <laughs> uh, yeah, but at his current salary, if he could get you 30 fantasy points, you would you would take that. No, so, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, I think he has some – I would never trust him on a cash game team, but as far as like a flyer for a GPP, I think he could he could have like an 8 or 9x return on a, an investment potentially if everything breaks right. I, I, I hear that. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. All right. Okay, next game up, we have the Sacramento Kings at the New Orleans Pelicans. No spread at the moment due to the Anthony Davis injury. Uh, I've seen one thing listing him as questionable, and I believe he's officially questionable for the game, and another thing listing him as doubtful. So uh, who knows if he'll, he'll be back. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein out for the Kings with a back injury. So... We've seen what Anthony, uh, what DeMarcus Cousins can do against the Kings with De- with Anthony Davis sitting. Uh, the first the first matchup that Davis missed this year, Boogie absolutely crushed in a you know a quote unquote revenge game. If Davis sits here again, do you think he can put up like a repeat performance? I yeah no I mean at one hundred one hundred and ten percent I mean. If nothing else, you have the Boogie revenge narrative. Like, I would probably play Boogie in a revenge game against Sacramento at home, um, even if Davis was here. Hmm. Uh, Sacramento has been one of the worst teams in the league to the center. Um, They're literally, I believe, dead last in in defense versus position in FanDuel points allowed. Second to dead last. That would be that would be a Sacramento, or excuse me, Indiana, who's dead last. Um, you know, allowing nearly 19 rebounds a game to centers and uh, some some assists, uh, plenty of blocks. You know, so Boogie, when he has the ability to not only you know put up as many shots as he wants, um, but but dominate uh, an entire team, um, I I have I have zero issues with Boogie, and I think you build around him tomorrow. Yeah. So he had he's had a a usage rate of at least 44.5% in two of the last three games. That's, that's unbelievable. It's like he's back in Sacramento. It's even um, it's even more than what he was doing in Sacramento. It's like literally insane. Like Russell Westbrook last year is jealous of the workload that Cousins <laughs> has had recently. Well, I mean, look at who's around him. I mean, it's Darius Miller. Yes. Gonna, <laughs> Darius Miller's not going to shoot. Rondo's not going to shoot. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is a who's who of let's give the ball back to the Marcus. Right. So yeah, for sure. If, if Davis is out, Cousins is, is my top play of the day. Uh, I would bank on another, you know, close to 40% usage rate. It is interesting though. Like if Davis does play, no one is going to play Cousins at 11,800. But like you said, it's like a tremendous matchup for him and it is still, you know, a revenge game. So that could actually be a contrarian build if you go all the way up to Cousins with most people likely going to like Durant instead. Yeah, I, I have I have zero issue with that. And I think actually I've 
been fiddling around. Like you can fit both of them in. This is a big enough slate that you can try to jam, kind of play jam them in and and go that way in your cash games. And and uh, you feel halfway decent about what comes out. For sure, so. would have worked on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it definitely worked on Wednesday. Um, could you see Anthony Davis being someone you use if he is active? No, and I, you know what, I think the the I think a doubtful tag is much more likely. I mean, we're seeing the we saw the exact same injury. This is the same injury that Devin Booker has. Okay, and um, the Suns front office said, you know, like three, two, three full weeks, no doubt. Um, it's a pretty serious, a pretty serious, you know, uh, soft tissue injury, and there's no reason for him, them to rush him back right now, especially against a a pretty weak opponent. So I um. I, I think I think you're going to probably see him ruled out sometime in the afternoon tomorrow. All right. Well, I'm hoping that happens because I don't want to be convinced to play him at ten thousand five hundred. <laughs> oh, it's such a good price. But as soon as he is healthy, I will play him at that price. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been playing a lot of Rondo. I think fifty nine hundred is kind of like that's kind of the ceiling of what I want to pay for him. I don't know if I really feel excited about playing him at that price tag. I would agree, especially in a pace down situation with Sacramento, who they actually are very, very slow, 98 possessions per game. So you're not getting that Golden State or Denver pace. Um, the thing that you do like is that he has he has really fit this system for them. And I think that he is a logical fit uh, with the way that he's actually capable of distributing the ball. So you can see, I mean, you can see this borderline triple-double type line every single night for him being a very reasonable possibility, you know, 10, 10 and 10 straight across the board. So, you know, it's not a perfect situation given the pace, um, but the production is there. And, um, you know, if, if I think, I think it makes sense if you want to go there, like I'm not going to fault anybody for it. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd, I'd wish I was seeing him play more minutes, you know, yeah, he's not 20, even getting yeah, to 30 right. a game. You're right. You're so, very right about uh, that. I'm fine with Drew Holiday still as well, not to beat this game to death, but he's he is playing a ton of minutes and he's obviously seen a nice boost in usage without Davis. So I'm still fine with him at 7,100. I, I agree with that. All right. What about for the Kings? Uh, uh, you mentioned Randolph earlier. He's kind of been awesome recently playing, uh, you know, a healthy 30 minutes a night. Can you trust him in this spot or is he going to like end up in foul trouble or just overall abused by Boogie? I mean, I think he and Boogie will uh, play each other like just fake playing defense. Um, <laughs> like that's that's kind of how this is going to go. But the reason the, I, I have no problem with him and he has the highest usage rate on the Kings. You're right. He's getting the minutes. No Willie Cauley Stein, you know, and, and they clearly trust him to, to get a, go out there and get offensive production. I don't like the price bump on uh, FanDuel. He went all the way up to 6700 I think that's way too much to pay for a guy who, like you said, could get in foul trouble or you know might just get shut out. Now, 5900 on DraftKings, I think that that's fine. I think you're going to see increased ownership, though. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people chasing that performance, and I think you're probably going to see him come back down to earth, you know, and just kind of you know, the normal, a normal 30 point outing, and you may be a little bit disappointed. Uh, and you're paying a pretty much the highest price he's been all year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, yeah, like you said, DK, he, he's got some upside still. FanDuel, it's too expensive. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, I missed the boat on Jakar Sampson on Wednesday. 16 rebounds? Yeah. Is that, is that real? Is that like a real performance? Can, can he be trusted to play 30 minutes again? Because if he is at 3,400, you know, that seems like a really strong play. I have no idea, but this is the kind of thing where that I feel like I'm going to be looking at Sacramento, Sacramento Kings Twitter to try and get some takes about who is Jakar Sampson and should I play him? <laughs> um, you know, I it, it it's interesting, but like you, you have to think though, that a 16 rebound performance the first time that this guy has actually played, uh, second time that he's actually played this season. I mean, thir- excuse me, third time he's played this season, second time he's played any meaningful minutes. I mean, that's an outlier performance, a really, really strange number to put up. Um, so I'm not going to necessarily chase. Do I think he's going to get 30 minutes? Could he score? Yes, but he kind of falls in that Stanley Johnson bucket for me, right? I mean, there's 
that you, you're you're hoping for the peripheral upside. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And obviously against the Pelicans, they might want to play a more traditional center more right. minutes. So. Yeah, I, I think you're definitely going to see some Costa Cufos and some Papianas just to try and soak up five fouls against Boogie in that situation. Anybody else on this team we should be looking at? The only one is Buddy Healed, and it's just because... Buddy Healed revenge game. Buddy Healed revenge game. <laughs> you have, if you get the double revenge game in your lineup, I think you you can pretty much lock in your cash uh, from there. No, it's 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 tough because... He's so inconsistent, and it's all driven by the shooting for him. Um, but, you know, you think perhaps he's getting a little bit more trust in that rotation. He's been playing 25 minutes a game. The usage bump is there clearly without WCS. So, I mean, it, it's not perfect, but he, if, he falls to you, if he falls to you, you could do worse. All right. Uh, Dallas Mavericks at the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks are favored by six, 201 point total. Uh, Nerlens Noel out for the Mavericks. Not that that really matters because he's barely played this year. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is questionable. He didn't practice on Thursday. And then for the Milwaukee Bucks, Jason Terry is out and Matt Delavadova is questionable. Uh, so this game definitely projects as one of the slower of the night. Who do you like here? Oh. Gosh, it, this is this is one of those games that I'm, you know, you may end up just crossing off your list, and I I, I don't really have a problem with it. Um, Dallas's defense was terrible earlier in the year, but they have kind of righted the ship, and as makes sense, you know, Rick Carlisle's defenses are usually halfway decent. They're playing at the 25th ranked pace. They're playing slow. They're now up to 17th in total defensive efficiency. I. We saw this game earlier in the year, and Giannis put up a decent not line, but it was because he basically uh, out-rebounded you know, the entire team. Um, yep. I, I, that concerns me. I don't think you can invest in Giannis in a slow, pace-down game. I do like him at home in this situation, but is a ceiling price against a halfway decent defense. And Carlisle, you know I mean? Carlisle find a way to scheme players out of games, and Harrison Barnes is not a half-bad defender. So I, I can very easily talk myself out of Giannis, and I think that that's kind of the starting point of my emotions about this game. Yeah, I'm with you. He he ripped down 17 boards in that game and still had only uh, 54.75 DK points, which is not, you know, that's obviously a great game, but we're looking for more than that at 11K. So... Uh, the only guy I really think I'm looking at on the Milwaukee side of the ball is John Henson. Because as Interesting. The, yeah, Dallas, uh, you know, even though they're improving defensively, they're still not a great rebounding team. And on the off chance that Henson gets, you know, towards the high end of his minute range, I think he can very easily give us double-digit rebounds here. Yeah, uh, they are tied with Brooklyn, allowing 33 front court rebounds per, gra- per game. That's 27th in the league so you're absolutely right to to think that Henson might be able to soak up 10 rebounds there so um his minutes are are trending in the wrong direction you know he went from playing uh 30 and 29 to he's hit 21 and 24 in his last two games but you never know with him he like randomly just pops up in the rotation for for whatever reason uh disappears for a while that's Jason Kidd, who yeah. is, a, you know, just a, 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 a savant when it comes to gut calls about who he should be playing. <laughs> um, anybody on the Dallas side of the ball that you're looking at? Uh, no. Yeah. No. It, the that's only guy that's, that's been interesting is Maxi Kleber. Um, he has been interesting. You're dead he, on. He, he, Nerland's Noel, uh, you know, just got sent to uh, IR. Um, I think he's having finger surgery or something. They yep. randomly found out. So, you know, Kleber was getting minutes, but they kind of had like this log jam a, a, a down there, uh, you know, with these forwards coming off the bench, backing up Dirk. They had Dwight Powell getting some minutes. They had Nerlens getting, you know, 10 minutes a night. Well, now it seems like Kleber actually can lock in, you know, 24 to 28 minutes uh, on a nightly basis. And the man had five blocks the other night in Boston. And, um, you know, he, he has some scoring upside, like he actually has some touch, so he can score 10 points, get a couple rebounds, maybe a couple blocks. He's nearly min price on both sides. So could be interesting. Yeah. I just, 
maybe it's the name. I just don't, I don't want to play anybody named Maxi Kleber. Maxi, it's Maximilian. Does that help? Maybe a little bit. All right. All right. Um, he had five blocks and and put up thirty two point seven five in his last game. Like that just feels like the most year. Like that's a season game for him right there. No, no doubt. I mean, that's 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 the Maxi Kleber game that we chase off. <laughs> uh, I will say that if Dennis Smith Jr. does sit, I'm going to have a ton of interest in JJ Barea. Oh, definitely, no wow. doubt about it. I mean, JJ is one of those guys that if he gets, he's he's about a fantasy point per minute. He just hasn't been playing the minutes. Uh, so I, I totally agree with you there. He's actually been one point one seven fantasy points per minute over the past month, which is outstanding. Um, you know, and he uh, he would be a solid bet to post, you know, a, a usage rate of twenty eight percent in that game. So uh, I I would be a big fan of him if if well, Dennis Smith Jr. were to sit. And and don't look now, but did you see how many minutes Yogi Ferrell played on uh, on Wednesday night? No, I did not. Thirty four. Uh, so we could go back to we could be getting back to Yogi Fever. If you remember last April when he signed with Dallas and they had literally zero point guards, um, it, he's min price on Fanduel. So if you are you know if you have like a jam a min type situation and for a tournament lineup, that's true. That's a good. You point. need a punt. I think you could do worse than than a guy uh, like Farrell. Yep, that's your guy if you want the the Demarcus Cousins Kevin Durant team for sure. Yeah. Okay, next game up, we have the Toronto Raptors favored by five and a half at the Memphis Grizzlies, two hundred and two point total. Uh, Lucas Noguera is questionable with a calf injury. Delone Wright remains out with a shoulder injury, and then Brandon Wright is out for Memphis uh, to go along with Mike Conley, who's obviously still out for them as well. Uh, I feel like normally when as we get deeper into the podcast and we start getting to like the West Coast games, they get better. But this slate is like the opposite of that, where they're just going to progressively get worse until we finish. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's probably right. You know, like I really don't have a ton of appeal in this game, I think, for the most part. The only guy that I could talk myself into is Tyreek, um, just because he has such a great ceiling recently. Um, you know, and 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 they're they're finally at home. I feel like they were on the road for a long time. His price is very reasonable. He's going to come at relatively low ownership. Um, and while Toronto's team defense has been good, attacking them at the two has been a really nice trend. Now I know he's been switched over to the point guard, and Kyle Lowry's a pretty good on-ball defender, but. I don't really think Lowry's going to be able to guard him if you just think about the size differential there. I mean, you're talking about Evans is 6'8", over 200 pounds, and Lowry is, you know... 6'2", over 200 pounds. Yes. (laughs) No, Kyle Lowry's skinny now. I can't make fun of his weight anymore. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I love Kyle Lowry. Like, give me a Big East point guard all day, but... I think Tyreek is probably going to end up with DeRozan just from a length perspective, and we know that you can you could you can do some damage against Demar DeRozan if you wanted to be want to put up some buckets. So that's interesting to me, but I don't think you have to have him. Yeah, I think if I play this game, it'll be the punts. Um, ja- Jakob Pertl has been pretty good with Noguera out. Um, he's had games of 21.25 and 31.5 in his last two on DraftKings, and he's 3,600. Uh, Memphis obviously has a little bit of size, so he won't play a ton. It'll be like 20 to 24 minutes, but, uh, I think he can get us value in that time and is another candidate for, you know, team jam them in. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's only if Noguera's out. And then Fred Van Fleet getting all the backup point guard minutes has actually been pretty solid as well. Uh, he's 3,700 on DraftKings. He would be, you know, secondary to the Dallas guys for sure if, if DSJ sits, but another guy who's been pretty solid and, and could maybe get us 5x value. Yeah. No, I, 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 and, and, and he is, yeah, he's the kind of guy that if you need him, you can fit him in there. Uh, okay. Let's get to the last game of the night. We've got the Boston Celtics at the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs are favored by two, and we have a 197-point total. Uh, injuries here, Marcus Morris is questionable with a knee injury. Jalen Brown, questionable with an eye injury. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is out with a quad injury, but he hopes to make his return on Saturday's slate against Phoenix. 
Uh, that's 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 classic Spurs, by the way. Oh we're gonna hold gosh. him out against Boston, but we're gonna let Kawhi play against Phoenix. Well, uh, and by the way, Lamarcus Aldridge, by the way, thirty-eight minutes tonight will be rested on Saturday. Kawhi will come back and drop forty. <laughs> I, that would be the dream. That would right? be the dream. Uh, other injuries is Kyle Anderson is out, and then Manu Ginobili is probable with a knee injury. So uh, let's start with the Celtics. Could potentially have some injury value. Um, Morris and Brown, I believe, did not play on Wednesday. If we get some some uh, injury news, is there is there some some guys you're considering here? You know, yes. The problem that you have is that it's against the Spurs. I mean, against any other team, you would feel comfortable uh, about the role. Um, you know, of like a Jason Tatum to fill in some minutes there, Marcus Smart to fill in some minutes there. Um, you know, and those are the be the kind of the two guys that you would assume would get, you know, kind of the minutes boost. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. I just ran the the um, the on off here, and there are one, two, three, four, five players that get a two percent usage bump: Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and Terry Rozier all take a two percent usage bump with no Marcus Morris and no. Um, uh, Jalen Brown on the court. So it's kind of a wash, you know, there's no clear winner in this situation. Right. Uh, and it's, it's the Spurs uh, on the road. So I, I think that you probably have, um, you know, I, I, you've two of the literally two top five defenses in, in, in efficiency here. So I'm not particularly interested, um, and anything, I, I don't know what I could talk myself into. Yeah. There's really nobody for the Celtics that I like, uh, Kyrie Irving has been fantastic from a real basketball per- uh, perspective, but you know the the Celtic style of play has sort of limited his numbers here. He's actually you know was almost a better fantasy asset when he was playing with LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, he, he you're it's nice to see the price correct a little bit because <clears throat> there's going to be some point when he's in this $7800 range which by, which is just a phenomenal price for him by the way uh when you can definitely go back to him at you know 30 minutes where he's going to get you a 41 42 point performance but yeah i mean we've seen that a very tight range of outcomes for him uh recently and and um there's not much there against the spurs right uh on the spurs side of the ball i think rudy gay you know, is somebody that can garner some attention. He's played 32 minutes now in back-to-back games. Uh, however, you know, the Celtics have been just death for wings this year. Yeah, and 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 they are just a phenomenal defense, period. Um, and you, you, you have to think that, you have to think that Rudy Gay slows down a little bit at some point. I love to see him performing this way after the Achilles. You know, he's finally getting a little bit of more, a little bit more freedom. Um, I it just feels a little bit out of character. Um, I, I don't know how to, I don't know what to make of it. And he's sixty three hundred now on 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 Fanduel. So I'm kind of in the boat of like, well, I think I missed it. I think mm-hmm. I missed the fifty one hundred dollar price point. I'm not going to really go back there now. Yeah, still, still fifty two hundred on DraftKings, which is that's really uh, reasonable. A strong yeah. price for sure. And as good as their wing defense has been, it definitely would take a hit if Jalen Brown was out. So uh, Rudy Gay for sure on my radar. But again, like that's about it. I really think that you know, I think there's a chance that the person who wins a GPP tomorrow doesn't have a single game that starts after seven o'clock. You know? Like, yeah. It's I possible. Think yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you're talking about three. Uh, I mean, it, Toronto, Memphis, Dallas, Milwaukee. I, I can't think of one team that actually runs a decent pace for fantasy basketball uh, among those six. And I'm looking at the numbers now, and yeah, there's not. I mean, there's Toronto right now is is average at 100 possessions per game, so they're actually above. Uh, above league average right now, but the rest of these teams are are very very slow. Yep. So uh, it's definitely one of those nights. I know that there are certain people that like to just jam in all the early guys so they can see their take a screenshot like, oh, I'm winning a hundred thousand, yo. Like, <laughs> like maybe this is the night where that strategy pays off. Definitely, um, definitely. If you are, this is a great strategy 
for uh you know for guys on twitter who who want to attract some attention right you take a screenshot at 705 like currently winning 132,000 and you just write hold that's it baby that's <laughs> and then, it and that's it then you win all the money tomorrow that's it that's how it works all right sean well it's been a pleasure having you on uh we will look to do this again in the future and uh please make sure to check sean out on twitter at hey mr kane uh for sean i am matt lamarca on twitter at matt lamarca thanks for tuning in thank you for listening to on the daily the road of his daily fantasy sports podcast powered by road of his radio and special thanks to randy e aguabo for the introduction please review the podcast on itunes under the established road of his radio feed contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.